And I oh let God. out what can what can only be described as a schoolgirl type yelp. I, I fully went. <laughs> so what's I, he doing? Is he atta- is he attacking you? Or he's just so, running towards you. Solomon testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy. So the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. In May 2020, James Nestor published Breathe, the new science of a lost art, the book that explores how the human species has lost the ability to breathe properly, shifting from the natural state of nasal breathing towards chronic mouth breathing, would you believe? It explores research that argues that this shift due to increased consumption of processed food, they reckon, has led to a rise in snoring, sleep apnea, asthma, autoimmune disease and allergies. Well, what are the implications, if any, for our running? Here to discuss this and all things breath-related is my coach and yours, the Irish sporting legend, all the way over in Utah, Sonia O'Sullivan. Sonia, how are you and how has your week been? I'm good, yeah. I'm um, gradually adapting to the back up the mountain air again, which is thin. There's less of it here, so uh, yeah, there's... <laughs> There's less less air to practice with up here when you're thinking about your breathing when out running. Yeah, look, I, I spent the week looking. I think my neighbours are adjusting to me doing mad looking drills up and down the road now. They've kind of accepted that fella doesn't just go for runs. He does all kinds of like uh, duck steps and frog marches <laughs> up and down the road. And I'm just like, to hell with it. This is it. These the, the drills episode from last week got a great reaction. And honestly, I do feel so much more warmed up and stronger as a result of doing them. Make sure to go back and listen to that later in the show. We'll also be joined by Sonia's coach, Trevor Cummins, to get his take on this, uh, the breathing thing. And with many of you beginning your preparations for the Dublin City Marathon, we thought Train with Trev would pop in and give us the top three most overlooked marathon training ideas. You're going to want to stick out for that. There's also, also Sonia's tip of the week, news on next weekend's virtual event for the Irishman running abroad and you're going to want to hear the results from my nostril test as gross as that sounds <laughs> when earlier today I actually gave the nasal breathing thing a go on my run so that's later in the show but first we have news Sonia on the official Irishman abroad running abroad training gear it's finally here and if you're a patron of the show not only will you get the full extended version of our episodes each week plus illustrated episode notes you will get a healthy little discount on the training gear which I have to say looks class and as Sonia stipulated we need to have lots of colours there are lots of colours available it is made back home by the Irish company hairybaby.com head over there now and just put Irish Man Abroad into the search bar at the top and it'll take you to the page I'm really happy with have done Sonia but you and you totally signed off on these these things look class don't they they look absolutely brilliant yeah I'm really looking forward to get my hands on them and to try them out so um yeah hopefully I'll be able to do that soon when I uh yeah, get to I, Ireland pretty I soon should, I should probably just send one to Cove for have it waiting for you for when when you arrive that's where you're going to go to first is it yeah I think I might not be able to get in the door there'll be so much waiting for me in Cove <laughs> 
<laughs> well, Sonia, <laughs> I, I, I never, I never thought we'd do a breathing episode because it just seems like something your body will take care of for itself. <laughs> like, like provided we're breathing, we're doing this episode. But then I read this book by James Nestor and I think to myself, how did it take us this long to do an episode on breathing? Because it is if you're to believe everything you read in the book, it's the most overlooked thing. It's it's essential and done wrongly all the time. You read the book too. What was your first take? Well, I I've first put my hand up and say I didn't fully read the book. I couldn't find it yesterday. <laughs> I thought I might get it in the library or the local bookshop, which there was no local bookshop. So I had to go to no local independent bookshop anyway, like I've been hmm. listening to your other podcasts. So I went to the, the Walmart and there was nothing in there. You know, it's hit and miss if you get a, a specialty book like that in a, in a big hmm. shop like that. So I did download the book and um, I listened a little bit, but I think I, it's a book I'd rather read because the person who was reading it, it was a little bit like Born to Run in mm. that they had a very monotone kind of voice. And I felt like I was listening to it and I was doing other things. So I wasn't yeah. really paying attention. Yeah. And you can't you kind of need to look at what they're saying. Definitely. You need to kind of skip to a chapter and you need to go back. I, I hear you. I'm not sure this is a yeah. great audio download. Yeah. So what actually threw me immediately was that they didn't call the book Breed, but they called it Breath. Oh, OK. Maybe I've been calling it the wrong name. <laughs> so who knows? I, I don't know if that is, you know, I suppose that must be what they want it to be called. Yeah, because it's, it's got a couple of different breath. covers. Yeah, well, maybe I was re- maybe I was listening to the wrong book altogether. <laughs> <laughs> but like his he he's not really a researcher. That's the first thing that needs to be said. Like he's not uh, like this isn't a science book. It's more about this author who visits with scientists at Stanford University, whose research suggests that returning to this state of nasal breathing and ad- adopting other kind of healthy breathing habits, such as like taking slow breaths, deep breaths, rhythmic pattern. He just reckons this will improve an individual's overall health. So it isn't specifically a running book, is it? No, but it sounds like it's a bit of a training book for breathing, um, mm which, you know, it kind of falls into line with training for running. Like, you know, you said short breaths, long breaths, deep breaths, you know, different variations of breathing. Whereas I think in general, we take breathing for granted. And I had a, a mini discussion with um, with the head coach here yesterday <laughs> on Sunday morning as he was getting ready to go out and ride the bike with one of the athletes. We got in this discussion so much so that he was rushing out the door to get to the training <laughs> because it's one of those things that you can take it for granted. But if you stop and think about it and talk about it, it kind of makes sense that you should think about it a little bit more mm. and to practice a bit more the breathing because it's such a huge part of everything that we do. You know, whether it's, you know, just sitting around or, you know, getting up and doing something, because as soon as you put in some kind of effort, your breathing changes and you have to adapt to that to be more efficient. So I think that's the big thing with running is that your breathing has to be efficient. And whether you do that naturally because you've been running for, you know, all your life or 
you, you feel like your breathing could be better. So you have to practice a little bit more and think about it a bit more. And that's probably where you're coming from, I think, is that you kind of see this as a some area that needs to be visited and checked that, hang on a second, maybe I could be a bit better here. Whereas I think for me, I think I've learned that, you know, to enjoy running and to be efficient, I know my breathing has to be really smooth. And so I go out and like I, yesterday morning, I was going for a long run. And when I set off on a long run, I know I'm going to be out there for more than an hour. So I kind of think, OK, I've got to start out relaxed here now and take it easy. And I never think about the word breathing, but like that's specific. That is exactly what I'm trying to do is to set out so that I don't get out of breath quickly. Gotcha. Because you want you want to feel good for as long as possible. But the thing in a long run, a particularly long run when you're up at altitude, is that eventually it does catch up to you. And you notice that as you get tired, so as you physically get tired and your legs start, you've got to, you know, make a bigger effort to make them move at the constant pace that you're going, that your breathing does change as well. And it seems to be a bit harder. And I find myself every now and then I have to take this massive, big, deep breath. Yes, (laughs) yes. Yeah, I think I mentioned this to you before on the show that I thought, like, am I crazy doing that? But I'm so happy to hear you do this as well. A big, like, almost like a sigh. Yeah, it's like you kind of, it makes a big noise. So if there was someone around you, they'd look around and they'd be thinking, what's wrong with her? (laughs) (laughs) But to me, it's like I go, and you do a big blowout. And then it's like it's a reset. Now, Mm. there might be somebody out there and they'll be saying, no, no, you shouldn't do that at all. (laughs) But I was never, I know I do this, but... I wasn't ever kind of consciously aware that I do it until yesterday when I was on this run. And because we had a little bit of a discussion beforehand, what we were going to talk about this, Mm. I was thinking about it when I was out on my run. And so I was consciously trying to breathe efficiently is how I would describe it. And every now and then I was getting this deep breath. And then I realized, yeah, I do that all the time. I wonder, is that something that everybody does or is it just me? Well, you know what it would, having read the book, it would imply that you may be shallow breathing and that you're you're calm. Your breathing may be so calm that you're not taking the deeper breath that you should. And that the according to the book, that kind of a would be your body demanding a large like gust of oxygen in there to make up for these kind of shallower breaths that you're doing. Now, that, I'm, I'm only basing that on the book and the book does contain some mad stuff like this guy, James Nestor, just to fill the listeners in. The story is that he, he knows himself to be a mouth breather. And I'm sure there's people listening to this and you don't, you don't generally don't admit to being a mouth breather because it implies that you're somebody who stands at the side of the road watching cars go by with your mouth kind of half open <laughs> watching them go by. But this guy had a deviated septum which in, he says in most cases doesn't require surgery. It's just a thing. But he was a heavy snorer. And one of the first things that happens in the book is that he plugs his nose for an extended period. So he only breathes out his mouth. So there's no oxygen going in there whatsoever. And what he notices straight away is that his stress levels go through the roof. It's basically his life falls apart because he blocks his nose. He stops air from coming in there. Now, essentially, he delves deep into the idea that all your air should be coming in through your nose because it essentially 
alters the temperature, the humidity, the particle content, as in kind of dirt and microbes that will come in and the chemical content in a different way than you would if you were breathing through your mouth. But like the question is, Sonia, like and this is why I didn't feel that it was super clear on this and I wanted your take and Trev's take, take later that surely more is better when you're running and that this uh, idea that we should be breathing in through our noses because the quality of the air is better surely it's quantity over quality well I think eventually it has to be quantity over quality because your nose is really a filter so it's stopping things getting in and you know anything that's a filter like a sieve it's slow you know mm. i mean if you tip a bucket of flour into a bowl you know it'll just fall in but if you go to through the sieve it takes a long time but it's going to be much finer and it'll be more it's better for making the scones so i suppose if the air is filters then of course it's cleaner and it's better air that you're using inside your body for everything but it's a slower process mm. and you know we all in running i suppose we're we are always talking about slowing things down but at the end of the day we all want to go faster so it's a bit like when you change all your form and your technique and you practice all different things but then if you're out running a race and it's the last 200 meters and you're sprinting for the finish line then everything you've practiced goes out the window. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure it's the same with breathing. And like I said to you on Saturday, it's, you know, if you watch the Tour de France and these guys going up the mountain and they all have their mouths wide open, mouths <laughs> wide open. Yeah. Because they're trying to get as much air and oxygen in as possible. Right. Well, here, here's what I'd say, right? And when I thought about that, when you messaged me that, and I was like, here's you though up in Utah, up the hills with your athletes, uh, working away on essentially getting their bodies to work better with less oxygen. So is there an argument that training through breathing through the nose teaches the body to do exactly what you're doing at high altitude, which is to work better with less? Yes, that's exactly what it's doing. So you're working harder with less, but then when you return to sea level, you get more. So then your body is kind of flooded with oxygen. So it has more to work with. And I think that's that's the thing with altitude is that you train harder with less oxygen in the air. So your body has to work harder. But then when you return to sea level, there's more. It's like you can gorge on the oxygen. So all of a sudden it, feel, it feels easier. Yeah, you see, I wonder, I wonder if we could like as there's probably a multitude of different coaches that would say that, yeah, I would recommend that my athletes train breathing through their nose for that very reason, that when it comes to the race, yeah, breathe whatever way you have to. But because you've been training through your nose or nasally, that you'll get this extra kick because now you're opening the floodgates and allowing oxygen to flood through your body. I can't wait for people to hear how I got on today when I tried it. And I feel like I'm really holding back what happened to me today. But it it really is something that I, I think you should all try and let us know. Strava.com forward slash clubs forward slash Irishman running abroad is our club where, you know, if your partner is bored of you talking about running and there's a very real chance of that. 
<laughs> Strava, that's what Strava is for. The support of the people over there has been immense for me through my injury. And I know so many people who feel the exact same way, uh, just getting behind you and believing that you can do it too. I would love to hear how you guys get on if you try an easy run using the nasal method because essentially in the book right this book breath i think we can agree that i was pronouncing it wrong in the <laughs> the opening section of the show breath by james nestor he reckons that breathing through the nose isn't for 100 meter sprinting but more for uh, you know when you try and do an easy run and you wind up going way too hard should you breathe through your nose it will automatically take your effort level down to the right level to build your fitness because you simply won't be able to go faster because of the nasal breathing. What did Pete say when when you brought this up to the head coach there? Like what what was his take on the whole thing? Well, he said, yeah, there's definitely a place for it in athletes but it's it's not something that we generally would discuss or do i think athletes do it themselves you know they do their own research and it's a very small percentage benefit to doing something like this so you have Mm. to weigh up you know the benefits of trying to do something a bit different with your breathing and then the advantages that you get from it and there's so many different little things that we try and find a benefit from in sport, you know, to be better, like whether it's your nutrition, your sleeping, your breathing, you know, there's all these little things that I suppose if you do a little extra for all of these, then it all adds up hmm. and you get some benefit. But a lot of these things are newfangled ideas that nobody even thought about years ago. So you do wonder, is it just people looking for new things to talk about and to do? And like there is a big theory to, you know, taking deep breaths and increasing the the size and the function of your lungs. And that can be really beneficial. But do we do a lot of that just by running anyway? Mm. Because we have to do it. But I suppose the thing that is different is that if you're trying to do it through your nose, then you're filtering in cleaner, better air. Yeah. So is it is it making you more efficient? And I suppose it's something that we don't know. You talk about it, you can think about it. And, you know, if you talk about it, it makes sense that it should be better for you. But we don't have a lot of practical examples of people doing it that, you know, you have the evidence to get people to go out there and do it. And I I tried a little bit on my run yesterday to breathe a bit through my nose, but I think it lasted about a minute probably. Well, um, <laughs> I, do want to, I do want to compare and contrast our efforts because I did look at your results on Strava from your run versus my own. And uh, let's be honest, it's very hard not to compare on Strava. But when I was thinking that you were nasal breathing, uh, I, I did wonder how far you got with it because the, you know, the pace you were keeping was nuts. And when you say there isn't a whole load of you know, data on this, that's really true. And it's really true of the book. The example that Nestor gives in the breath book is this guy, Carl Stowe, uh, is a New Jersey choral conductor who in the 1950s and 60s developed like a deep diaphragmatic breathing method. And that's one that you hear a lot and you'll see a lot in YouTube videos about breathing and running. And the idea was, of it was in the, in the 50s and 60s was to 
help improve singers with the resonance of their voices. I don't know if you got this far in the book, but anyway, he winds up working with the US men's track team heading to the Mexico City Olympics in 1968. And within a few sessions, the runners are breaking records. Now, I don't know if, well, like, I'll just continue anyway. Under his tutelage, the team went on to win 12 medals, the most gold, and set five world records in the greatest track performance of any Olympics. The Americans were the only runners not to use oxygen before or after the race, which was unheard of at the time. They didn't need to, apparently, because this guy Stowe had taught them the art of breathing. And this is this diaphragmatic breathing. Now, anybody who's been to yoga class will know what that sounds like. And it's this really weird... It seems really weird. You, but can you describe it, Sonia? Because there's this obviously this diaphragm is this kind of trampoline muscle above your stomach, bet- separating your stomach and those organs from your lungs. And the pull and push of that is what draws the air in and out. Am I right on that? That's right. And that's the very area where, I mean, many athletes who's new to running, particularly young kids, they would often get a stitch and mm. I think that's where you get a stitch is when you get a cramp in your diaphragm and you have to, you know, stop and take a deep breath in and out and you kind of have to reset your breathing. So you can see how that would definitely be very beneficial to um, have a method of strengthening the diaphragm. But it mm. is one of those things that I think we we can all be a little bit would you say conscious or subconscious, no, I suppose, when somebody if you're in a yoga class like that and you're new to it or even if you go to visit the doctor and he says, take a deep breath in and you're kind of thinking, I don't know, I, I always feel anyway that you feel a bit stupid, you know, you're kind of thinking, because <laughs> you, you, you normally just used to just regular breathing and the next thing he's saying, take a massive deep breath in and you're not sure if you're really doing this, over-exaggerating it or if this <laughs> yeah. is what he wants. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the same with the yoga, you know, you're taking this deep breath in and I think you have to take yourself away from all the other people who are around you and pretend you're in the room by yourself. Mm. Otherwise, you can kind of restrict yourself a little bit. And it's one of those things where you have to, I suppose, you step out of your subconscious and you you, you don't feel, you know, like aware, I suppose, of what you're doing. You just have to let it go and, and stop you know, just go with it. Stop caring that anybody cares because nobody's paying attention because they're all probably thinking the same thing about themselves. <laughs> there's one particular teacher here in St Albans who makes us do it and yeah I have that total Irish head on my shoulders in there going oh I look like a right I look like a fucking Egypt now Um, because you're in there going you're sitting very cross-legged very new agey and you're going and you're using you're using your diaphragm rather than your usual kind of method to you're kind of pulling that up and down and like you look like whatever about the drills last week, lads, you are going to look crazy doing this. So it seems like yoga is actually the only place that you can do it without it causing a scene. Sonia, you said to me earlier, you can do it at home. Don't do it looking through the fence of a local school or while ordering your coffee. We need to get to your tip of the week, Sonia. So we'll play the jingle here. Tip of the week, tip of the week, tip of the week, tip of the week. 
tip of the week, tip of the week. It's Sonia's tip of the week. I mean, the jingle is just three seconds too long. That's the problem with it. But uh, Sonia, I always spring the tip of the week on you. And you said that it's a bit like uh, the homework before Glenn Rowe on a Sunday night. You need to remind me of what to, I know, it's like, to do a tip. Remind, it's like, remind me of this before I go for my long run on Sunday and then I'll, I'll think of it. It'll be great. But this one was a quick off the cuff one. And I think it was just to relax and to take a deep breath. You know, when you're out there running and things get a bit out of con- out of control or out of hand and you feel like you're a bit stressed, whether it's in a long run or in a session or running up a hill and you kind of think this is way too hard. And I think you have to learn how to be able to kind of stop for a second, take a deep breath and reset and, you know, put aside all the times and the, you know, the things that you're trying to achieve, you know, you're trying to get as far as possible up the hill or you're trying to meet a certain time when you're doing a lap of the track and you're not getting there. I think sometimes you just have to take a step back and take a deep breath and relax and say, okay, I'm just going to get through this now and do it. Relax. (laughs) So I think it's just the ability to think this process through. And I think it ties in nicely with what we're talking about today. The ability to pause for a second, take a deep breath and and feel yourself relax and reset and go again. And sometimes I do this, like I did it yesterday when I was on my run, every now and then I stop. And we, we've talked about this before, you know, when you stop, do you stop your watch or, you know, how you do it. And this run where I was yesterday, yeah, sometimes you have to step through a few gates because there's a few cows out there. Hmm. So I'd be running along and I'm looking forward to getting to the gate because I know I can stop for a second <laughs> and then going. So I take my time opening the gate and then closing it again. And then you go again and then you feel like you're starting again. But yesterday I was running along and I see this fella with his bike down by the gate and the gate was open. And I was wondering what he was doing. And um, I thought oh, he must be waiting for somebody. So I didn't have to stop. I just kind of stepped through the gate because it's a small little like a pedestrian gate on the side of the big gate. They do it very well out here. <laughs> so I stepped through the gate and as I stepped through the gate, Jermaine got up and he closed the gate and he went off on his bike. So he was waiting for me to come oh, down well, and let me through. Unbelievable. <laughs> it was really nice. That is lovely. Yeah. And honestly, the the absolute opposite experience today on my run, an actual dog attack that's what we're going to get to in the second half of the show come on over to patreon.com forward slash irishman abroad sign up get the fully illustrated notes for each episode the extended extra half an hour each week we're going to be talking about our virtual event taking place this weekend we'll have more from sonia train with trevor is going to drop in there's an awful lot happening in the second half including the rundown on this actual dog attack that took place less than an hour ago (laughs) on my run as I attempted to adopt the nasal method. Thanks to everybody for tuning in on SoundCloud and iTunes. I think this is the week you come over to Patreon and join up and enjoy that that little discount that we're giving you on the Irishman Abroad uh, training gear. Uh, Brian Connolly's on sound. John Marr does the extra research and Tina and Mikey make it all possible. One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise wise.
Imagine you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress,